classic unicorn. Yeah, 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 doodly badly do. Welcome to Jurassic Unicorn. That's J U U N for short, June. And today we're chatting about uh, being kind of creatively awesome in the field of fright, right. terror. Mm, yep. Specifically Halloween, which is right around the corner here in a, a couple of weeks. I guess probably Ooh. when we drop this, uh, hopefully, like, yeah, like tomorrow. Yeah. But today we want to talk about creativity in the framing of kind of the horror, the macabre. And fortunately, we have over here an expert of terror race. You spent a lot of your kind of life uh, in this scene. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't say expert. There's people much better than I. However, I do know a couple things, you know, and I've had a really good opportunity working at uh, Universal Studios in Japan on their Halloween horror nights attractions. And that's been a lot of fun. And so we've, we've learned a few things about how to scare people. I think some of the uh, short films I've worked on and some of the games I've been associated with or am associated with currently also kind of fit within that thing. My guess. Yeah. I think that's everything I do is kind of spooky and creepy and kind of weird. So yeah. That's the world I live in. <laughs> it's definitely something you're pretty passionate about. Yeah, definitely passionate. And yeah, where did that start? Oh, shoot. I think that the Halloween, the creature sort of obsession started when I was young. And I'm not sure why, but I, I remember watching a movie called Predator. Have you ever heard, heard of Predator? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like eight years old or something. And uh, I remember watching it. It was, uh, what was the channel? It was called Encore. But I was eight years old, I think, <laughs> around there. A lot of things happened when I was eight, but I, I think that falls in there somewhere. Someone will probably look at the math and go, that didn't come out <laughs> when you were eight. But it was a, I was just stunned. You know, there's a lot of gore in there and these people running through this forest getting shot up and blood was spattering everywhere. And that was kind of horrific. And it wasn't like I was totally jazzed up about that. It's not like I sat there and looked at the blood and was like, yes, you know. But what I was really impressed with was just the creature itself, mm. the alien, the, the savage nature. And a lot of people that I know today, some friends that I, I have in the movie business are all like nuts about Predator. So it was kind of like this common bond as we got through mm. our life and were able to reflect on it. But yeah, I was just blown away. It was the, it was this power of this thing, the, the size of this creature, the intensity of this creature, something from another planet it was so barbaric and brutal and just kind of wonderful. And um, I remember I was obsessed. I had my parents give me a poster and I put it oh, on that wall. That sounds like obsession right there. Yeah. You know, so. Let's just call you a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was, I was a fan. Um, and then I think that, that kind of took, I, I never let go. I was always drawing in notebooks, um, monsters just over and over and over again. And it eventually carried through to where everything I did, I wanted to do something with creatures, something with monsters. And it never left. That was the thing is I think that a lot of people assumed, oh, this guy's going to lose his love for these creatures. Kind of grow out of it. Yeah. Never happened though. So yeah, fast forward and I'm building uh, haunted attractions for, <laughs> you know, Universal Studios Japan. And you just got back uh, from a, a trip over there, right? I did. Set it up this year. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go? It was good. It's it's a lot of work. You know, we, we go over there and I do art direction for some of the uh, the mazes over there. 
and it's a seasonal event. So it's not like you have a lot of time to really prep for it and plan. And a lot of things are kind of getting solved right there to the very end. And that's also kind of the beauty of it too, is it's kind of this mad rush and there's a lot to work out, a lot of details to work out before you finish anything and, you know, uh, execute all of those ideas that you had early on. And it's a little bit of a grind, you know, we had long days. Um, you work the weekends, you just sort of do whatever it takes to make it happen. But it's all for the love of Halloween and the love of fear and the love of scaring the hell out of people and, you know, giving them experiences. So I think it's perfect for, you know, the season. <laughs> so we finish up in September and it goes live uh, the first week in September, typically. And then we um, it goes for a couple months and that's all we get to to see normally. What are the components usually that you got to bring together to get a real good scare? That's a good question. So we, we first have to get people in the mindset, like we have to put them into the world. So there's this mm -hmm. word called immersion, right? Sure. We've got to sell them on the idea that they, hey, they could actually be in this environment. And so anything that takes it away from them feeling like they're a part of that world is a huge issue. And something we kind of deal with is just, you know, the the top of the walls there there's usually some kind of fixtures that will come down and show um, in case some light or some, there, there's speakers hidden in the maze you know um there's uh the operations the back of house you know these little access points for the cast and crew to be able to get in and out and so, so you got to disguise all those really well yeah everything has to be disguised and you know a little bit of a light bleed from back of house or a camera that's right in your view is a bad deal yeah if i if i'm like running from zombies and i look up and i see fluorescent lighting overhead you know it's gonna take me out pretty quick yeah yeah, yeah. so that i think that's the first thing to establish and then it's uh there's actually a lot of composition and lighting you mm -hmm. know and pulling the attention in some directions or in one direction sometimes the scares are an easier setup because they're like distracted yeah, because I mean, if you, if you have this corridor and then at the end of the corridor, there's like this light and it shows a character that's like walking towards you. So probably creepy, right? But you kind of lose that surprise and it gives them time to kind of equip themselves with, okay, I'm tough. I can handle this. You know, I don't have to like run and cry. Right. And we we want them to run and cry. So Absolutely. We, we need to have them focus on something else. They need to be distracted over here. And then that thing needs to come over from the other side and then the light hits and then it's mm. a surprise and then they can run panic and freak out and, nice. and that's the sweet spot so there's um lighting setting up the scares through composition through lights through sound scenic design prop placement you put a lot of props you, you go in there and you do a bunch of set dressing and then you find that you're sort of staging the environment in a way to pull the attention around and through each scene becomes kind of this composition that so we're kind of playing with you're like attention designing. You're like, where do I want the eyes? Mm -hmm. Where do I want their their thoughts going? It's towards this path. Here's the, this light. I want them to focus on that, which gives me an opportunity to bring someone in over here. Exactly. And sometimes it's it's about the artifact. And then sometimes it's spatial. You know, it, it's an ambiance of the space. And then that sort of sets the tone. And then we can sort of manage our scares from that point. Do you ever work with like space as in like, okay, this room is going to be very expansive and open. like, And this one's going to be very narrow and claustrophobic. Yeah, because that, that's kind of like a rhythm of the story. Try to program spaces that feel more comfortable just to kind of ease the audience just so we can take them right back into right that before spot. the plunge. Yeah. Nice. So we'll tighten up the space. So it'll be it'll feel more constricting and tight and uncomfortable. And then we'll open it up. 
Oh, so you're giving them kind of like these moments and these mm -hmm. pauses. It's kind of this contrast of ease and then terror as yeah. opposed to just terror the whole time. Yeah, because it's like watching a, a good movie. If you're watching a movie and the tone is set the same throughout, it's really exhausting. We don't want to exhaust our users just because it's fun. We're not trying to get them to work out, right? Yeah. <laughs> we want them to be like they've really gone through an experience. An experience requires a lot of highs and lows and areas where you feel more like neutral, you know? So there's this third aspect of it, and that is the characters. It's, it's everything from the, uh, the way they look, setting the right tone. Make, you want to have believable characters. You want to be able to look at those and believe that they exist in that space. So this is kind of like where you shine. This is the monsters part. Yeah, I, I, this, is, this is the creature stuff. This is the stuff that I, I resonate with the most, I'm most passionate about. And I try to put characters in these spaces that look the part and they have to be high quality. That, that's a big component of it, but also their movement too, their actions, the, the way that they come into a space. And a lot of times that's the creative director or the mm. story director's job to get them performing proper. Someone coming in, they might have a, a wonderful makeup. They might have a wonderful mask that they're wearing. It might look believable within that space, but then all of a sudden you realize that uh, their movements don't fit, you know, mm. and they're doing like, <laughs> we, we <laughs> run into the Macarena. Yeah. We run into this a lot, like just with performers, because you have to kind of coach them into mm. acting like a believable monster. So if you turn the corner, um, we had this with aliens versus predator years ago, we did an AVP maze. <laughs> And we had our predators, they would hop out of the corner and they would go, <laughs> and they would do like this really like, like kind of a ninja thing, kind of exaggerated. Yeah. And the, the movements were really erratic. So and it was like, like the mighty Morphin power ranger villains. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. The villains, all of the heroes had like this over the top sort of expression. And a lot of that is, you know, you're wearing these big giant suits in order to emote through those. You, the, the idea was to be a little bit more out there. So it was like, hey, I'm like really pissed. And if you can't tell from my mask, like I'm really pissed because of my angles. Right. Predator has like a, there's a stature there, but they also like it's not like we can pull someone in that seven foot four. I think the original actor was like seven foot four. Oh. I mean, they get tall people. You know, that, that was kind of working against us, too, is you, you kind of have a, a character that you're portraying that's supposed to be kind of larger than life and, and massive. And um, we also have tight spaces. It's just kind of like a, a, a mode to that. Like when you're a big seven foot creature, you move differently. This isn't natural. Yeah. You know, um, especially if you're if you're there like a hunter. You know, I don't know. Sure. I don't know anyone hunting, <laughs> hunting Waving for a turkey around. being like, oh, you know, so it's like there's like an intensity that is, is kind of missed. So that's part of like the coaching is, is those characters. They have to look a certain way. They have to be in this space. They have to have this composition sort of telling a story. And then they need to perform in a way that fits with everything in the surrounding. And if they don't, it takes you out of it, man, you know. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, it's like everything has to come together, mm -hmm. you know, because you're you're trying to keep mentally keep people like like help them to suspend their disbelief and get into the space and stay in that moment so they can actually experience these wild emotions and any distraction whatsoever just kills it. You, you know, you work your butt off for months leading up to it. And then the finish is usually pretty brutal. There's a lot to do. These poor teams, they, they work so hard. This is natural. Whenever there's a deadline, you'll see the creative groups and the, the technical groups and 
production and management, everyone involved will kind of come at each other and like, yeah, we got to do this and you got to do this and I got no time for this, you know? And there's all this like crazy, like bickering. But then when it's all done, you can't really do anything else on it. Like it, it's there. Everyone's like, okay, well, it is what it is. And then there it is. And you're kind of aware that maybe some things you thought were so important weren't as important as maybe they seemed at the time. And so it's kind of like this um, resolution to the build. And, you know, and then you get to look at it from maybe a fresh set of eyes and it's cool. It worked. So tell us about those eyes. How do you, how do you get into your, your customer's eyes here? Don't you guys all like sit in a room and watch the video camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but one one part of that is they have like this station in the back of house that basically has all these monitors and there's cameras everywhere, every angle. Keep that in mind. If, you, if you're in a maze and want to do something a little silly, we will see it. <laughs> so there's like, there's like cameras everywhere, but we get to see like this monitor rack, right? And there's all of these angles and we get to see people walk in and out. And when you see people lose their shit, I mean, they see something, they freak out, they turn and slam into a wall. That's not always good because of safety, but we try to make some softer walls, you know, <laughs> but have this area because it's probably an impact zone. Yeah. I mean, thing. I mean, that's the thing though, is, is they, they drop and they scream and they're climbing up each other and it's wonderful, you know? And I think that's where you really get to sit back and go, Hey, you know what? It works. Like it, it's mm. really working and, and they're, yeah. they're, they're losing their shit and they're crying when they, when they walk out and um, their knees are shaking and they're, they're bent over and they can't breathe well. And <laughs> that's, that's what we want, you know? I mean, that's what they paid for. Yeah. That's what they came for. And, and we do our best. We, we have a safety team. We have these set of codes and, and procedures we have to follow to make sure that the thing is safe. Yeah. Styrofoam, but, not stainless steel spikes. Yeah, we try to take all the hard edges out, but people still slam against things. They still might get a few bumps and bruises Mm. and we can't really stop them from like getting so scared that they turn and run right into a wall full speed. You know, like that's always going (laughs) to hurt. We can't stop that from happening. But there's a kind of an appreciation of like, well, that scared them so bad that they felt like running through a wall was a better choice. I feel like we did a pretty good job. So a lot of times you kind of you'd think like if you're in the maze that you know, you look for the biggest, burliest, you know, guy or gal in there, and they're probably going to be the one that you should, uh, you know, they're going to maybe keep everyone safe. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is good. That's the best is when you have someone in there that just, they're like these big, massive humans and they look strong and they can probably fight off anything. And in the queue line, you see that cockiness come through, like, <laughs> yeah, they're doing this and they're like, shit, like, like kind of pumping their chest and maybe their voice goes a little lower, you know? So they're, they're all getting tough and stuff and they're walking in and then you can always kind of tell when they're going to get really freaked out because some of the more subtle things they'll do this, they'll walk tough and then they'll go and they bring their arms up and they're usually big arms. Right. So they're kind of bringing them up like this and they're like, wait, wait, what, 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 you know, every time they get kind of scared, like with subtle stuff. Guys, it's it's hard to do a podcast sitting next to race. <laughs> you can envision, you can yeah. envision oh, it though, right? I'm there. Trust me. We, we're immersed. <laughs> so, um, and then usually like we're looking at that through the monitors and you know that that person is probably like when you get your real, a lot of scares are kind of set up scares for the bigger scares. And when those start firing off, then you really see them move. But when they move, they're so large that they kind of like, wham, like they'll smash into things, right? 
And usually there's, they're with a group that kind of like adheres to them for safety. So you'll usually have them like grab onto this larger than life character. And then when that character starts smashing into walls, then they kind of like, <laughs> and, like and fly scream. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like smashing into stuff it, with them. And it becomes like this entity <laughs> like bouncing through the maze. It's incredible, you know, and that, okay. those are the best. But then you also have some people that you look at and you go, that person's going to cry the whole time because they're kind of nervous. They're doing this in the queue and everything's kind of shocking. But then they surprise you. Then all of a sudden, the first scare there, they might have a really big reaction to. But then the follow up scares are kind of like whatever. Yeah. And then they get kind of desensitized to it. You see the descent. You see them being desensitized through the experience. And there's some people that are just the way that they look physically. You might have some preconceptions of like that person might be scared and they go in there just straight. And they're like looking at the performers and the scenic and people are like, rah, 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 rah. right they're, in their like, face, Hi. you know, and they, they, they are. Right. Yeah. So I, I think the diversity is fun, but the, the, the most entertaining are the big tough people that walk through there that just can't handle it. How is this going to bled into your your home life, you know, outside of the, the Hollywood sets and you've got, you've got a family, you've got a lot of kiddos and Halloween is a, it's a pretty big, uh, big holiday in the, uh, the bird household. Yeah. We love Halloween. It's a favorite holiday for most of us. You know, I think if we all had our way, we just do Halloween like all year long, year round, you know? And I think that part of me always wants to <laughs> just like have headstones and, you know, like spider webs everywhere. But then there's also things about owning a home that you're like, well, it might be nice to have it not look like that sometimes. It's like you know? Valentine's Day. You got to reach into like a zombie's stomach gut to pull out your flowers and your chocolates or something. Oh my gosh, yes. We're onto something. We, we, we need to do a mashup <laughs> series on all holidays mashing with uh, Halloween. Yeah, it, it's fun though. We, we love Halloween. We will do this thing where we try to make more elaborate costumes. And I love actually getting the kids to all make their own thing. And it's not me going through and making everything for them. It's really trying to get them to get excited about the process and uh, allowing them to go through and um, build stuff on their own. And I think sometimes, you know, I'll get kind of funny looks from other parents because they're like, wait, you do like all these, this effect stuff and you kind of know how to make it look right. And yet your kid kind of looks hilarious, you know, <laughs> but it's because they built their own costume. And I think that there's something really special about that. Last year we did Mortal Kombat characters. And went all in. I mean, we, we were we were carving out foam and um, sculpting, molding, casting parts and pieces. Um, we were we were sewing. A lot of the kids were, were sewing for the first time, and they really got into it. And yeah, everyone had to do something. And it wasn't like we were trying to be forceful. It was just I think sometimes as a big family we have these ideas and we go, okay, yeah, awesome. You're gonna be this person. Yeah, you're gonna be this person. Yeah, you're gonna be this person. Yeah, and you give each other a high five. But then the work needs to happen and that's where we lose a few of them like <laughs> some of my kids like i yeah, love them but i don't think so yeah it's like i'm trying to get them to to work on this thing that they want it they want to be this thing they want to do this thing and hey come in here and sculpt hey come in here and mold and they're kind of excited for five minutes and then most of them are like I'm just tired and i just I just don't know if i want to be this character anymore <laughs> you know and they start like questioning everything and you have to kind of get them to to push through so they can't, it can be exhausting, but it's also really re rewarding when you're all said and done and you're you out guys, there. You looked awesome. That was, that was killer. Last year was, was pretty wicked. 
it's crazy because like you come from this this world like you go to races garage and it's it's nuts i mean there's so many materials you're, you're dealing with resin you're dealing with prosthetics you're dealing with you know foams um but you've got this experience on set where you're again building prosthetics you're you're casting you're 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 painting, you're doing makeups, you're, you're bringing in all sorts of materials, there's costume design. And so you're very familiar with the whole process and kind of the messiness of the whole thing, just bringing in all this stuff to create this vision. And so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like, uh, I remember last year walking over to, to Race's house and yeah, the entire living room, the kitchen, the garage, it was a production zone. I mean, they were doing cool shit. It, it was it was pretty inspiring. I wanted to sit down and, and make a Mortal Kombat costume. <laughs> Like for sure. I know. I was dressed as uh, the front man from the Squid Game, scaring everyone in Moscow. That's but, right. You you got to talk more about that. So you you showed up to my house. This may have been a mistake. And, and the Squid the Squid Games. I mean that it was last year, right? Yeah. It was it was COVID was kind of settling down a little bit, and people started to watch this series. And I think everyone I know saw it. Like it was it's really popular. And uh, anyway, Brian shows up to the house with the nice little card that they give little, out and triangle, circle, square. Yeah, come join the Squid Game. That's right. And you you had the mask of what was the character's name? I don't even remember. He was the the front man. Yeah, yeah. The he had the, the black mask on. Um, yeah, very angular, very yeah. spooky. Anyway, you, you showed up at my house and it was startling, a little bit unexpected. Yes. <laughs> Idaho is not the best place to be too startling, I discovered. I, I got it in my head that this would be really funny. And so I spent a day just wearing the whole front man. And it's it's a character that's totally dressed in black. And he's got this this mask over his face. And, you know, that's very scary. I remember walking through Target, you know, in this. And I had to have my wife walk with me because it was it, it was so like off-putting to people like people were legitimately unsettled it wasn't like funny haha it was more like i i feel like i may need to take action you you walk by some of the the bigger folk and in our our uh our town um you've got uh, the university here university of idaho you also have a lot of people that work out in the community you know doing a lot of agriculture so you have a lot of mixture of people and yeah there were some folks in in cowboy boots and work work attire that could have kicked my ass right there. And I was very grateful that Kate had her arm in mine, but I, I went to my, my friend's house. I went to race's house too. And, uh, but I have, I have another friend and they were actually watching the squid games. It was like nine o'clock at night and I go knock on their door. And I'm like, this is gonna be the funniest thing ever. Fortunately, my wife in like their, their parking lot, when we got there, she texted his wife and said, Hey, we're, we're stopping by Brian's dressed up. Actually, I don't think she said Brian's dressed up because when I walked up and knocked on the door, it took a long time for him to open the door. And what I found out was that he was getting his pistol on and and like loaded because oh. he he'd seen that I was standing out there in this outfit. He had no idea who I was, obviously. And so he opened the door. But then by the time he opened it, he had heard that we were coming to visit. So he knew it was me. <laughs> um, so anyways, I that, felt that could have been rough. It, yeah, that could have been really rough. <laughs> So I went a little over the top. I didn't realize how disconcerting uh, this costume was. So it was really fun for a while. Then I actually felt kind of embarrassed. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I was the uh, the front man. It was very creepy. I love that. You, you got to be a little cautious in, in Idaho. There's a lot of guns here. I think that's a well-known thing, though, right? 
So yeah, you can't really go sneaking around and, and scare your friends at night. Yeah. You know, because some of them might just start shooting at you and <laughs> maybe, maybe just wear the really creepy stuff at the Halloween party and yeah. uh, don't go to their homes late at night on a non Halloween night either. I was just, I was really into it. I never really dress up for Halloween. So I was, I kind of, I was in this a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. <laughs> and everyone was just freaked out. But, but let's talk about that though. So I, I, I definitely experienced people's reaction to my mask. You mm -hmm. know, actually I felt more anxiety once I started picking up on people's reactions. I kind of felt more unsettled socially as I wore it just because I felt like I was creating anxiety not in a like fun, scary way, but more in like a true, like people oh, are uneasy yeah, type yeah. of way. Yeah. Yeah. So norms kind of, they kind of disappear when you, when you're wearing a mask, all of a sudden, you know, if you see me, you know, I, I'm obviously all, I got all the facial expressions. People can read the nonverbal communication. I'm a pretty nice guy, mm -hmm. approachable versus put that on. And all of a sudden I'm like a terrorist. Yeah. Um, but we, we throw all these masks on and we run around in them. You know, what's, what's kind of behind that? I think that, that, there's a lot of, I can't say this about everybody, but I think there's a lot of people out there that, that really enjoy Halloween because especially throughout that month or even that, that night, the night of Halloween, um, maybe especially for kids, there's kind of like this thing where I, I get to wear this mask and kind of role play and be this different identity for a night, you know, and there's something kind of freeing about that and, and wearing masks in general, just to, to sort of role play in, in a character that has a lot of power, a lot of, has a very direct message, um, can instill fear in people. There's a power there. There's an excitement there. There's a lot of people that I think would enjoy that and um, do enjoy that. And it's not that they're trying to be creepy. It's just, you know, for a little bit, they actually get to step away from themselves and they're not really expected to be this, this person. A lot of times you'll see people that are sometimes the sweetest and the most kind people out there get even more into Halloween because it's a time where they can just sort of be something different than what they are. It's not that they go out there and do bad things. It's just, they get to sort of like wear, you know, that on their exterior and sort of live in that space for a little bit. And, and also when people look at them, the night of Halloween, no one really knows who you are. You know, I've ran into friends and didn't realize it till like weeks after. And what did you do for Halloween? Oh, I went out with the kids and, you know, I was Spider-Man, like a overweight Spider-Man with a backpack. And I'm like, I ran into a overweight Spider-Man with a backpack, you know? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so the year before the front man. <laughs> no, I just kidding. With a camo backpack, you know, made, made your back invisible. It's fascinating that uh, it almost unlocks a lot of possibilities that maybe weren't weren't there without it because it does it allows us to assume this different maybe supernatural form the supernatural persona and mm. all of a sudden um the expectations that that surround me brian you know based on the relationships that i have the, the world that i live in the expectations that surround me that they, they vanish yeah and now i'm just this new thing and i get to i get to observe how people are responding to me in a way that i've never experienced before because yeah, people don't walk next to me in Target and want to put their hand next to the gun at their belt. Actually, there's not a lot of people that carry here in Moscow, but at least yeah. openly. Um, but that that's not a normal experience for me. So I got to experience that. And I will say that one was a little over the top, but still it was different. It was novel, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to experience what it would be like um, 
if if I was really feared. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think that I I think that uh, the human experience, if we bring this back a little bit, why why creativity is so important, why why this type of imagination is so important, is because we crave to feel the full range of emotions. We we crave mm. to feel them yeah. in a safe way. You know, I mean, there are intense emotions that we feel in in regular life, uh, but we like to go to the movies. Because we can feel those emotions maybe in a safer place. Like for instance, uh, a movie that's, that's terribly sad and maybe has some resolution at the end. I get to go there with those characters and experience that sadness and then maybe come back at the very end and feel some sort of resolution or feel some sort of purpose in the characters. But I get to get back in my car and go home and I don't have to like live with that sadness for the next 10 years, but we still want to go there. Like it's, it's part of, I don't know, being human. We want to feel sometimes fear and excitement mm -hmm. thrill we want to feel love we want to feel sadness we want to feel powerful i mean mm -hmm. it's kind of cool yeah and some of the best movies out there do take you through kind of this roller coaster of emotions and i don't mean like specific to a genre i think just in general there's there's some movies that, that tend to gather the the majority and pull them in i remember the first time i saw it, i think it was guardians of the galaxy i remember thinking this gives you a really good range of emotions. I was laughing my butt off at times. I was, I was worried. I was sad at times, you know, I was fearful at times. Um, it felt really intense, you know, and, and, and really funny and, and really soothing. And it, it just felt, felt like everything was kind of doing this. And by the end of the movie. And by this, he's up and down with his hand kind of going back and forth. Oh yeah. Podcast. I can't see my. My cool arm movement here. <laughs> there's, just so you know, um, if you're ever around race, there's a lot of arm movement, a lot of gesturing. <laughs> yeah. right. it's too, like, too much, probably. It's like 5% verbal, 95% nonverbal communications. Or yeah, communication. My vocabulary is not very big, so I have to like, you know, enhance it with arm movements. I think you just have, have some larger than life <laughs> thoughts, maybe. That's right. But, but keep going. <laughs> Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy taking you up and down. And yeah, there's just a really great rhythm to the story in general. And there's formulas that they follow and continue to follow yeah. based on what works. But as a human being, though, I feel like that's something throughout our life that we have to connect with. And it seems like we always find ourselves in those situations. And it's not saying that people need um certain types of drama you know sadness um you know horror in their life but what it what it does mean is maybe there's there's we we need to have a relationship with those emotions at, at times mm. and maybe what we're not getting in our normal movement of life we kind of can supplement through entertainment which is one of the reasons why i chose to to go into entertainment and why i'm so passionate about it is because I feel like it, it offers that up to folks and it, it may be in the balance of life. There's some kind of a connection there that makes everything just move properly, you know? And then we all get together and we talk about it, right? We all talk about, yeah. man, did you guys go to that maze? What did you think about it? Or that, that movie? And yeah, for, for whatever reason, it's in demand because mm -hmm. the people keep coming, they keep paying, they keep lining up, you know, um, Hollywood keeps cranking out the blockbusters. Yeah. And that's because we just want it. We can't get enough of it. Yeah, there, there's a lot to sort of dissect there, you know, in, in Halloween and living in that in that moment of fear. You can really get the most out of Halloween if you want. I mean, you can go to haunted attractions. You can watch scary movies. You can trick or treat. You can do a, a bunch of things that are all associated with 
fear and scaring and being a monstrous and, 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 you know, being chased and chasing and, you know, all for, for fun. Right. But it's a really like fun time of year because you get a let a lot of that out. So I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, that's why it's my favorite holiday. I think I need to have maybe two or three Halloweens a year. Yeah, probably yeah. a couple more invent a couple. Well, yeah. And thanks for, thanks for listening today to our, our little Halloween special. We, we saw it was coming up on the calendar. And so, yeah, hope, hope everyone has a, a wonderful Halloween and can, can be creative with it, you know, be creative with the, the roles you want to play, the, the masks you want to put on the journey through fear and horror and scaring yourself half to death. And, um, you know, even if that means you just stumbled upon a spider for the month <laughs> and that's your fear for the month, there it is. You gotta find, <laughs> okay. You gotta get your flavor of that. <laughs> so last night I had a, I had a child in tears because of a cricket. <laughs> that they needed me to extricate. I think, I think they were sad because the cricket was now lost and, and they couldn't find it. So they had visions of them sleeping and this cricket like crawling across their face. So truly horrible. So here's the thing though, with that is I have some, some kids that grew up with a bunch of seeing masks and creepy stuff. And we have scary movies playing a lot, you know, but some of the kids they're, they're, not quite desensitized to it. Some of my kids you, you would be really hard to scare. And then there's some of them, they're just scared of everything. But I also have uh, some kids that, especially when it comes to bugs, like spiders that lose their mind yeah. over it. Yeah. And sometimes I sit back and I wonder, I go, wait, is that their, their rhythm, right? Is that a way for them to kind of balance out is to be oh. over the top over something so minimal to, to, really lay into that because that might be the only horrific moment for the week or for the month, but that's going to balance out the whole month. Just normalizing. Yeah. They got, they got like your horror masks all around. They're totally desensitized. So they need something else to be scared of. So it's like a little fly. So it's a little creature that comes in right now. That's the the box elder beetles, right? They like to hang out on the house and we've got some that are kind of creeping in and they're just these little fellas. I mean, they're just, they're just trying to survive and they're not doing anything. Yeah, they have like 13 days to live yeah. their, their entire existence. They're just sad. You know, you look at them and they're looking at you like, here I am, you know, and you're like, yeah, you're going to die soon. But, you know, so there's part of you that's like, you know what, maybe just come hang out in the house for a few yeah. days before you die. But then, yeah, the, the kids will see them and then, it's just this insanity. And they're like, you know, we were talking about the monitors and people bouncing into the walls and yeah, stuff. Um, it's even better. Oh yeah. It's like savage. So they're falling off their beds. My, my daughter literally fell off her bed the other day. Like we heard a. <laughs> and then a. And then a. There's a spider in my room, you know? And so it's like, you have to, there's. But the intensity, you know, oh, yeah. I'm like, gosh, man, that's maybe we just need to make a maze with a bunch of actual spiders. Yeah. And just little, running through the <laughs> little beetles. Yeah. yeah. Box elder bugs. So I couldn't I couldn't find the box elder bug or the cricket. And so my daughter's sitting there like just <laughs> weeping. And um, I did notice when I walked up the stairs, though, there was a little chunk of black string. Was, and wait, did you say 
was it a box elder beetle? No, I was joking. You oh. were just saying that. Um, <laughs> I was like, they're really getting this. this they're getting this all. This fall. Okay, um, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I noticed this little wad of black string and I was like, I had this plan. And so I just like, uh, she went into her room looking around and I, I ran out into the hall and I picked it up. And I was like, oh, I found it. I found a look. And I like waved it in front of her really quickly so she couldn't see. And I ran to the bathroom <laughs> and flushed it down the toilet. Um, and she's like, dad, that was the pile of string. And I was like, Damn it. <laughs> I was like, no, it was the cricket. <laughs> so I'm sure the cricket, I'm sure it, it hung out last night on her face all night long, just she, like we all feared, because it's still up there somewhere. It's still up there. So she had already identified that that little yeah. spool of whatever it was on the ground oh, was, was, way, was not the cricket. Way before I, yeah, she's way she, sharper than me. She, she, I, she was scanning the environment. Yeah, we'll find it one of these days, but... It was pretty good. <laughs> the dreaded lost creature, you know. What can you say, man? Like the oh my gosh, motions they 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 run deep. They uh, they're powerful <laughs> and and they're worth feeling. I love that you tried to try to kind of yeah yeah trick her into believing <laughs> just to get a good night's sleep, just to help her with this. I was thinking like <laughs> a dad. Okay, <laughs> I'm like there's it's it's freaking eleven thirty. I'm exhausted. I'm not crawling under furniture looking for a stupid cricket. There's a ball of string on the floor. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Dad award coming. It's, there's a, like kind of a similar, you know, thing where the hamster dies and you go buy a new hamster before oh, they yeah. know it, you know? Oh yeah. Just a, that's another dad trick. The other, the other thing you do with the hamster when it dies is you paint it on our mural for our podcast, right? Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the watching boxer. The there's a whole video. story with that one yeah <laughs> most of the characters in our in our uh, backdrop they, they they've got stories of their own <laughs> so <laughs> immortalized in the june yeah. backdrop is uh, what was its name oh shoot is your kiddo gonna watch this yeah probably uh, what is oh, the shoot. name it's frank frankie maybe or jose i don't know I'll i'll have to get back to you on that one but um yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's a, that's a wrap for us. Uh, join us on Instagram. If you want to come see just some of the goofy stuff that we're getting up to at June underscore cast, that's J U U N underscore cast. Or if you want to you know, be part of the conversation, you can tweet at us at hashtag June cast on Twitter. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk at you next time. All right. Thanks everybody. Happy, uh, Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.